Welcome to the podcast. I am so happy you're with me today. With me again is a wonderful trainer, Eve Molson. Welcome, Eve. Hello. Nice, uh, sunny, warm June, isn't it? It sure is. And that brings us to a few of the topics that we're going to talk about today. This wonderful, warm weather, summertime with the dogs. And I want to give a little update on Violet and the training tips that you've you've given, they work wonderful. And it's as of course, you obviously do know it's, it's a work in progress with her. It took her three years to, you know, become who she was, be a little barky, but the walks are going so much better. I'm constantly working on the uh, find it. I think that's very, very helpful. And uh, they only lose it every now and then (laughs) on the walk, which is totally typical. It's practice, you know, it's practice. And and the reality is too, right? Like we can't say that we never lose our cool and we never go over the top. So, you know, to set realistic expectations of your pup. And so there was that huge improvement in the beginning and now we're just working on making it second nature, I feel like. Absolutely. Yep. And we tell people that all the time, you know, we always start out training in a quiet, closed environment. And then we start adding in all of those mm-hmm. uh, distraction pieces. And then we go into the, okay, let's, you know, walk outside of the dog park and see if you can hold it together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's leaning up to it and then creating that, that thought pattern of, okay, I see another dog. I turn and look to my mom or I turn and look at the ground mm-hmm. and life goes on and good things happen. Yeah. And one of those distractions we added was one in the house. I think it was two episodes ago that I, I told you we, we adopted the kitten, but we adopted Elsie and she's a great addition to the house. Uh, Millie, of course, as I told you, it was love at the beginning and it's been love since then. And Millie's pretty good about giving the kitten her boundaries. She gives a little growl, uh-huh. the kitten backs off. And, and I'm very comfortable with that. I think that's awesome. And, and Violet, who is the one who we, I'm working with the most on the training that she needs. She goes from loving the kitten, playing with the kitten to, to being like, kind of like terrified of the kitten. And I feel like Maybe I, maybe that comes from some anxiety that I've seen, that I've seen in a lot of her behavior. And we definitely are being very safe. We, we keep, when we're sleeping at night, they're separated by a door so they cannot get near one another. The, the fearless kitten can't go bug Violet who gets a little spooked for lack of a better word. Sure, yeah. sure. Any, any tips for what may help or is it just time? Time is always the biggest factor. And then just ensuring that you're reading your animals, both animals' body language. So when the kitten is being overzealous and, um, you know, the dog is saying, oh my gosh, I'm a little freaked out by this energy, excusing the cat to go do something else. And then just, and we always say, you know, you can reassure your pet without coddling them. So you'd be like, okay, cat's gone. Hey, let's go do this, right? Give the dog then something else to move towards. So that way they're not holding on to that moment. Yeah. That, that is something that I, I think that's going to be what I'm working on next. I never quite thought of it like that. And those kinds of uh, situations worked really well for Violet, the find it, the, the changing her, her thought of what she's doing uh, in that moment works really well. So yeah, yes. I'll update you on that next time. I think that's, that's it's a little by little, it's a work in progress. Uh, eventually, I want to be able to leave the kitten out when I 
uh, when I go out because we do put her in the laundry room. That's kind of her room and uh-huh. door is closed and, and the pups are in their room where they are blocked off. And so that I know that they have that time, that downtime where they're, they're all feeling safe. And uh, I know with cats in the past, it's, it hasn't taken this long, but I guess every situation is different, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's really the key. And, and you kind of hit on that um, a little bit when you, you said, you know, allowing each animal their own time. So when you have those scenarios where the cat's being too feisty and your dog is telling you, I'm feeling overwhelmed, the mistake most people make is they'll pick up the cat and they'll start petting it. Well, you're telling the dog that the cat rules because you've now coddled the cat and the dog was like, I'm the one that was feeling insecure and you're not, you're not giving me any reassurance. You're reassuring the cat because you picked it up and now you're petting it. Yeah. So that's where that's really important of acknowledging, okay, you're feeling uncomfortable cat. You need to go somewhere else then. And then you let's go do something else too. Right. Like that you're, you're creating a platform where everybody is equal in the animal kingdom within your home. I mean, we all know we have our favorites. We just try not to let them on. They might get a little bigger portion of the treat than the other one, but um, you know, animals are visual as well as scent driven and hearing driven. So if he sees that the cat is getting all the love and affection for bad behavior, what are yeah. you actually reinforcing then? <laughs> yeah, because they do a violet mimics behavior. She really does. And I, I've seen that in her. So that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, I'm excited to to work on that with her in that way. Plus, it teaches her that when the cat is overzealous, that it's okay to walk away. You know, you've told the cat to walk away and now you're telling her to walk away and go do something else. You know, you're teaching them that when they're in that uncomfortable position, that it is okay to walk away. All right. That's thank you for that. That those tips. I appreciate it. And what we want to talk about today, I think, is very important. Summertime is on us. And summer with your dog, there's there's so many facets of this, but there's some really important parts of talking about summertime with your dog too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a French bulldog. So she is a smushed face dog and can't breathe very well. And she thinks she's a cat. So when we go outside, she goes and lays in the heat and the sun and it takes her literally three minutes. And then all of a sudden she's huffing and panting and can't catch her breath. So you need to be aware of your dog and your dog's limitations. Um, not, you know, not every dog knows to stay out of the sun. Like she goes and she lays in it and then she starts hyperventilating. So again, you, you know, we talk about this all the time. You have to be your pet's advocate, know your dog's limitations. If you're like, oh, it's sunny and it's warm and I'm going to go for a walk twice a day. It may not be appropriate to take your dog for the walk. You and the dog both put on the COVID-15. Great. Your dog's nine years old it can't endure a two mile walk. So you need to think of the dog's physical aspects. Groomers right now, this time of year are preaching, preaching really loud about don't shave your furry coated dog. It is not going to help them remain cooler. Yeah. Each dog is built differently, right? Your two dogs are built totally different. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So one of your dogs is a longer coat. Uh, yeah, my Violet, she is a longer coat. We did have to get her shaved in early March 
because she yeah. she mats so easily. She's a poodle mix. And so we did get her shaved. It's growing back, thank goodness, because it does grow quickly. And then, of course, there is Millie, the golden retriever with the longer hair. Never have to shave her. Give her a brush and she's fine. So why wouldn't I want to shave my dog? Okay, so your poodle mix is shavable. Um, again, based on the breed, their hair is meant more for moisture and water containment. Poodles are kind of water dogs. Yeah. So, um, so shaving a poodle or a poodle mix, very appropriate. Your golden retriever hair is different, right? It's straight, it's longer, um, and that coat you know, doesn't completely hit the floor, but it hangs down at least a couple of inches. There's automatic, and I'm gonna call it air pockets, that are meant to float through your golden retriever. That's why we don't shave them. We can trim them up and we can, you know, clean up the fur and you might cut a mat from behind the ear, but you don't shave that breed of dog unless you have a really good reason and you're really smart about what it's going to take to maintain the dog once it is shaved. Um, you know, your huskies, you don't shave a husky. <laughs> you don't, you don't shave a Burmese mountain dog. Um, so there are lots of dogs that you don't shave. Now your schnauzers, again, that's a wiry haired dog. That one is shavable. So understanding the breeds and what their coats do for them makes it a big difference. People talk about great Pyrenees, right? They're livestock guarding dogs. They are outside. It is hundred degrees. And that dog is laying outside on a dirt patch in the sun. Its coat is meant for that. And so if you were to shave that that dog, it would overheat then and get heat stroke. So it's just really important to talk to a groomer mm -hmm. and take their advice. You can still do some cute things, you know, <laughs> oh, you, can yeah. leave a t you can leave a mohawk on your dog. You can do the little ponytail um, and shave down the rest. But yeah, I mean, certain dogs, you do not do that to um, because you are doing more damage to their coat and actually just the structure of how their body operates. And also with summertime comes a lot of heat and a lot more sun. And I know I went to the pool the other day and I put on my sunscreen and I got a sunburn. Can dogs mm -hmm. get sunburned? They absolutely can. So the tips of their noses are really um, in big areas and then the bottoms of their feet. So you wear shoes when you're walking on the sidewalk and on the asphalt, they don't. Um, there's products like Musher's Secret, and um, things for their pads. And a lot of times people only think about that in the cold weather areas, right? Ice and snow. No, you need to use it in the heat too. So I have a nose balm that I buy that I put on my Frenchie's nose every other day to keep that moist and not all dry and cracking. Um, it's necessary for her. She also has goggles that she wears if we're going to be outside for a long period of time because um, she's got bug eyes. So she's already had an eye ulcer um, that we've had to had fixed. And so, yeah, she has um, funky little goggles for her, <laughs> which are great. Um, when you're thinking about, you know, when you are out and about with your dog, obviously it's summertime. You got to be careful when you're putting clothes on the dogs. Uh -huh. Yeah. Again, I have an adorable little Frenchie and I have a nine-year-old who loves to put little dresses on her and all that kind of stuff. That's great, but we're not going to wear that and go for a walk outside. Yeah. Those um, extra layers just add that layers. heat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And even some of the body harnesses, uh -huh. you know, a lot of them have padding to them 
that padding can, you know, add to holding in that heat. So it's just really important to pay attention to what you're utilizing. Always yeah. carry water, always carry, you know, right now you can get portable water dishes, put a piece, you know, that Tupperware that you don't have a lid to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to go buy anything, especially even though they have those foldable, I saw them at the hardware store even yesterday, they fold down to flat and they have a nice loop for your, for your belt that you can carry them with. Those collapsible bowls are awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can, you can get as decked out and color coordinated as you want, or you can grab that piece of Tupperware that you don't have the lid to anymore and throw it in the trunk of your car. Yeah. And I think just, you know, carrying it along, you know, some people are like, I don't, but it's, it's really thoughtful for your dog and it can make them, it it allows them to be able to be with you if they're in the type of a shape that can go with you. I know when you get to the mountains, yeah, it's a few degrees cooler and there might be some shade. So that might make it easier, but you know, it's still important to think of what the heat's going to do to your dog. I've never thought, I've never put on the the no sunscreen. I'm going to have to get that. Is there a particular type that's made just for dogs? Yes. Um, Google it. Uh, there's yeah. lots of different brands. Uh, but yeah, no, there is. There is. Uh, I buy hers from um, the Frenchie company. So mm-hmm. it's it's specific to her breed, um, the company is. But, uh, but yeah, nope, nope. There's lots of different brands out there. Um, and it's usually got some beeswax in it and um, some good, good oils in there. Um, she tries to lick it, of course. So usually mm-hmm. I put it on her mm-hmm. and then I, then I give her her dental bone for bedtime. So that yeah. way I know it at least stays on for a while. Um, but you, you brought on another good point though, heading up to the mountains. So I'm in the Midwest and we have ticks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, you know, in the Southern States, you've got snakes, um, there's mm-hmm. scorpions and spiders. Oh yeah. So if you're putting bug spray on you, that is not the bug spray to put on your dog. DEET is very dangerous for your dog. Oh yeah. Um, because you're spraying it on their fur. Uh-huh. So if you are concerned about bugs, um, ticks and those types of things, even if your pet takes um, the next guard or you're doing a topical or they wear a collar, if you're going to an area where you know there is that risk, um, then buy yourself the topical spray, flea and tick and bug spray for dogs. So buy the specific for dogs and then spray that on them before you head out. Cause I mean, I know you don't want them coming home with you, but you know, the ticks can be uh, dangerous for a dog if they get bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the dog comes home, it curls up on the couch with you and then they climb onto you. And now you now have ticks, right? Yeah. Now you're dealing with the situation. So yeah. um, just using that topical makes it so that way they don't climb on. And that's what the topical is meant to do. It's a deterrent. And it's mostly because I've never thought about it, but my dogs do lick each other. And if you ha- and they lick their paws and they, they clean themselves. And, and, oh, and it's a, so that, of course, the bug spray that we use for ourselves isn't, isn't good for a dog. And so another thing I was thinking about with the heat, I guess before I go on is the goggles. I I put goggles on my dog because even though they're seat belted, I can have the window down a little bit and I let them hang their head out the window. Absolutely. You know? And yep. and so that's really important for them too, because it's 
I, every now and then I find a little something in my dog's fur from when they had it hanging up. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if that went in their eyes? So it's a good thing to have those goggles on. It saves you a vet bill. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only if they hit something in their eye, but the, their eyes are different from ours. I mean, they have more than one eyelid. I don't know if you've ever known, but they actually have the third eyelid um, that goes down and under. And so making sure that you're keeping the whole area moisturized, which if they have their head out the window, I mean, it's like sticking your face in front of a fan, right? After a while, you get a little dry mouth, your eyes get a little dry, same com- same piece, right? Especially if you're doing 60 miles an hour down the highway and your dog's got their head out the window. So it dries all of that out. Now you can do just a generic saline, um, but you know, overall you just have to really, it's better to be preemptive and wear the goggles not let them hang their head out the window, even though you, they think they like it. Um, then like you said, paying the vet bill or having to go in because now your dog can't close his eyes. His eyes are all red. And now you've potentially created a situation. Sure. And, you know, my dog loves to play in the water, mm. loves to play in the water. And she likes playing the water, even when it's hot. There are dangers there for the dog doing too much, thinking that it's cool. What kind of what should I know about that? So the biggest one is the blue-green algae. And you're going to see that in stagnant areas of water, mostly lakes and ponds. Places people like to go kayaking because, you know, it's, it's more stagnant. You don't have flow. So kayaking and paddle boarding. But yeah, the blue-green algae is very toxic. And it could just take one gulp of that and your dog could die from it. Um, it's full of all sorts of microbes. The other thing is, again, in these bodies of water, they're not pure water, right? It's not crystal clear water. It's not, it's not fresh off the spring, so to speak. So there are parasites in all of those. And when they're drinking that in, small quantity, large quantity, doesn't matter. They're getting parasites and bacteria into their bodies. So you'll want to do a deworming. You'll want to watch their stool. Their stool is going to tell you if they got too much of something, you know, just like us, right? They talk about our taking probiotics and having good bacteria and bad bacteria and all that kind of stuff. Same thing with the dogs. Like when they're drinking in this water, they're getting all that nastiness in there. And that's super. Giardia, coccidia. Yeah. So if you are doing a lot of water activities, that is one thing that you need to be really aware of um, is watching their stool. And so many people, you know, you just let your dog out, they go potty outside, they come in. You have no idea that your dog is struggling because you know i mean summertime is so much fun but there's so many so many dangers for our dogs that maybe we just we've never thought about you either we're a new dog owner or me i've been a dog owner for many years and there's a number of things i've got oh i didn't know that too absolutely i mean people take their dogs out on the river right oh i'm gonna take my dog on the pontoon boat it's gonna stay on the boat it knows better how would it know better to stay on the boat? How many funny commercials or, you know, America's Funny Some videos do we see where the dog just walks right off the end of the dock into the water and you see the look of bewilderment, like, oh, this isn't solid. Yeah. Um, So life jackets for dogs are great. Mm -hmm. I have three for our Frenchie. Um, Because she she does go out paddle boarding with us and she'll just all of a sudden go, oh, into the water she goes. Well, she's got that on and it's got a handle on the top so I can just pick her up put her back on the little paddleboard because yeah she has no fear she just like floop I'm gonna pop in 
and I see life jackets at like the the pet store. Is there is there a standard for them, or is just any life jacket I see at the pet store fine for for my dog? Take your pet in with you because you need to make sure they fit. The sizes are different, just like with body harnesses. The sizes are different. So she wears a small in one brand and an extra small in another brand. And they're, you know, they're not cheap. They're usually between 25 and if you have a large breed dog, $85. But yeah, you take your dog in there. So that way you can make sure the the straps will tighten in all the right spots. So um, the straps go across the chest and under the belly. One of our life jackets looks like Nemo. So when she goes swimming, she looks like Nemo. And the other one is a mermaid. So she has a mermaid tail off her butt. And a shark. Oh, and we have a shark one. Yep, I almost <laughs> So, so yeah, so we, we have several, they are decorative, but the functionality is the key thing. So making sure that it fits snug, because if your dog goes in the water, you don't want them to slip out of it. So just yeah. like kids, right? You got to make sure it's, it's on there and it's tight. That it's going to stay on because people think dogs just know how to swim. Dog paddle is a natural thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's a current, maybe there's other things that you just don't see in the water or that can hamper their survival and a life jacket will save them. Absolutely. And so many times people, oh, we were out on the sandbar, we were out da da da, and I've lost my dog. Well, now you don't know if your dog drowned, you don't know if somebody took your dog. Um, so yeah, it's just be smart. Don't make assumptions. Yeah. You wouldn't let your child just go rambling off with no protection. Don't let your dog do it either. So, so no, super, super important. And still watch for that heat stroke. Even yeah. though they're swimming in that water, they can still get heat stroke. And when they do get heat stroke, it's they're panting and their whole body will kind of convulse. Like it, it almost looks like they just can't catch their breath because they can't. They're, they're having full heat stroke. And just like with humans, cold water not making them necessarily drink it, but you need to cool down the entire body temperature. Cause remember animals, the dogs don't sweat. So yeah. pouring that cold water on their body to bring down their body temperature, getting them in the shade um, is super, super important. Some ice packs, maybe if you have Absolutely. them available. Absolutely. Um, yep. Calling it's, the vet, getting them an IV of sorts. Uh, is that what yep. would be called for? Yep. So you can call your vet. Several vets will have different, like I have a vet that has an oxygen chamber that they would put her in, they would drop the temperature in it. So yeah, so there's a lot of different, different things that your veterinarian has available to them. But yeah, your immediate thing would be to try and cool down the body, get a hold of your vet, and then kind of go from a plan from there. But watching how long your, your pet is out in the sun, whether swimming, just hanging out, going on a hike is, is important to know that. Um, and each pet is different, you know, mm-hmm. you know a Weimar Rhymer, uh, a Brittany Spaniel, you know, the hunting breeds that want to go, go, go They're Again, their coats are different. Their stamina is different. How they function, their body is different than trying to take a pug out for a, a hike in the yeah. woods on a sunny day. You know, so you just got to be smart about it. And also it doesn't take that high of a temperature to give your dog heat stroke, sunstroke, or even a sunburn. You know, it doesn't have to be much more than 75, 70 degrees. Yeah. They've actually found in a car, 68 degrees in full sun. Wow. Yeah. Cause I don't take my dog out in 
my car when it's over 70 degrees. And that's just kind of been my own personal cutoff because I've sat in a parked car at 70 degrees and gone, woo, it's warm. And I kind of think of myself as, you know, my own barometer for my dog, even because I can't take much heat. But, you know, it's not us that we should be comparing ourselves to is what's right for for the pets. Right, right. And that's exactly it. Um, There's a lot of new technology out there that you can plug into your car that will be an air conditioner even when your car's not on. There's all sorts of um, things to attach to a crate in a car so that way your car isn't running but yet your pet stays cool. So there are all those great technology pieces if you have to travel a lot with your pet. Definitely because I know that that is what police canine units use while their dogs are in their cars and the windows may look up, but if it's a police canine unit, they have that technology, that dog that, and for them, it's a valuable tool. It's a valuable dog. It's not just a pet for them. Uh, It's one of our public servants. The dog is, we should know that that is what was probably happening. If you see a police car out with a canine in it, but if you do see a car out, now I've done a little bit of research on this as I know you have too. A dog in a hot car, what can you do about it? And I know that this varies from community to community. Yeah, the laws are, are different in every state and every you know potential county and, and city. Number one is you call 911. Yes. You need to document that there is an animal in a car. Windows rolled up, windows slightly cracked. If it is hot out, panting yeah and 911 because those calls are recorded you need to protect yourself because the calls are recorded but it is it is an emergency it's somebody's dog that shouldn't have to die a horrible death so that is the reason for that first step correct yep and they may say they may tell you we don't handle this you need to call animal control or you need to call a humane society or we have an animal person that deals with this That's fine, but it has now been documented with the make model of the car, the license plate number, the time that you've called in and the situation, right? So now that has been documented for anything moving forward. And then if they tell you to call animal control, great. We've all got Google on our phones, or maybe they might even provide you the number. And then you make that next step, that next phone call. Always ask them for an ETA. When do they plan to arrive? Estimated time of arrival. If they're like, oh, I'm on another call. It might be an hour. Rarely should that ever happen, but it might, it might. You want to ask the second reason for calling 911. Let's say the person who owns the car comes out and now you're in the middle of a verbal confrontation and maybe it's escalating. You've already called the police. They're already on their way, right? Like in this day and age, you don't know Joe from Jill and and anybody's intentions. So yeah. So yeah, so call the police. If they tell you to call somebody else, make that second call. Now that you've done those two calls, now if you're in front of a Target or a Walmart, you can call into the store and say you're standing by the vehicle. The sign of distress is that the dog is not lifting its head to look at you. The dog is in a laying down position and can't get up. That dog is in full distress. If you've gone through all these three steps, which should take you less than five minutes to do all three of those steps, then you break the window. Because you do have to have that reasonable belief that, and it does go for people in the state of Colorado. It's not just dogs, but we are talking about dogs, that they are in 
they are in imminent danger of health or serious injury. And the heat is the serious injury. What about, and also in documenting this, you've called the police turning on the video of your camera. If you can, while you're doing all of this, absolutely video it. And video versus picture. The reason for that is the person could say, oh, well, my dog just laid down. That's what it does. A video says, no, your dog is laying down. Look at the heavy breathing. He can't catch his breath. You can show then also in the video that you are in a parking lot, the sun is beating down, how the windows are open. All of that is in that one captured moment. So that way, then, you know, if the dog can stand up, you know, if the dog is just whining to you, that is not distress. You do not break a window for that. Okay. It's at the point of distress where the dog cannot effectively do anything that they are in distress. Is that when maybe it's gone too far? I mean, because I've seen this situation. I've seen Mm -hmm. it at the mall. It was 90 degrees out. They had the window cracked an inch, literally. I could see the dog kind of standing up, but the person who was there talking with the police, it had been more than five, 10 minutes. It was their direct son. Is there ever that situation when, yeah, the dog can stand up, but they're still in peril? Yes, but you have a police officer there. So now it is not your call. Yes. And that's the key. If the dog is laying down and it is full out distress, can't get itself up because it is just heaving so bad, then there is no time. And that's where you break the window. If the dog is standing up, you've now police are on their way. They've paged the person. The dog is still stressed and could go into distress, but you have a little bit of time and some opportunity. Now, while you're standing there, police haven't arrived. You've made all these calls and the dog all of a sudden plops over on its side, break the window. Um, But yeah, that's really kind of the defining piece that most of the time they'll look at is, was the dog almost incapacitated? And you've definitely shouted, hey, is this anybody's dog? Is this your car? Right. And typically by the time you're standing there, a group of people are going to start to stand there too. and really, it, it, again, it really just then it, it comes down to you made the call to 911. If there was any other entity you needed to call, you had the store page the owner of the car. So you have given opportunity here for the right thing to happen. And it hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, and the dog is head keeps bobbing down. It's drooling profusely because it just can't catch its breath and it's just trying. But yeah, if the, if the dog is sitting up on the seat and pawing at you and kind of smiley, happy tails are wagging, that's not distress. Yeah, maybe they have one of those devices to keep the dog cool. Correct. Yep. And most of the people that have one of those devices, they actually come with cards that you put in your window because your windows are going to be up. And so they have these cards that you put in your window that says air conditioning running. <laughs> so that way people aren't like, oh, the windows are up. And <laughs> but, but the dog looks fine, like not panting. Well, no, because there's an air conditioning unit running within the vehicle and it's meant to run when the vehicle is off. So it'd be rare that you would find that situation where there wouldn't be a note somewhere. And I've had people that have overridden their systems in their car. So like their car is running, windows are all the way up, the air is blowing but the doors are locked and they've put like just handwritten notes on their car that says air conditioning running dog is fine. Yeah. Cause there may be, there may be genuine reasons you're taking your dog out and it's a 90 degree day. We don't always know, or maybe, yeah. So there's a lot of 
different possibilities there. So you do need to be certain. And so you break the window of the car. I do know that in the state of Colorado, you do have to, you have to remain there with the at-risk person or the at-risk animal until the person who either owns the vehicle comes or law enforcement or a first responder arrives. Or if you cannot stay, I know this is my state only. I don't know about all the other states, uh, but you do have to, uh, you, you would have to put a note on the window. And so there's a lot that goes into this because not everybody has a piece of paper and a notepad in their purse. Right. And that's just it. So if you break the window, you're going to remove the animal, get them into an air conditioned car or set them in a cooler area if you can pour water on them. So if you have a blanket that you can pour the water on and then lay that over the dog, that is extremely important too. So if you break the window, if you can get the dog into an air conditioned vehicle, that's great. You know, I just think of like the back of my SUV, lay the dog down, um, throw a blanket on them, pour the water on the blanket, because that's going to hold the coldness more onto their fur versus you just pouring it onto their fur. Because if you just pour it onto the fur, then it's on and then it's off to where if you put a blanket on them and pour it on there. Um, that will help significantly. And just fresh air, like put their mouth near where one of the vents are to get that fresh air in there. Um, our, I know our local fire department actually has oxygen masks specific for dogs. Uh, so hopefully that's something that your area has, or what a great thing that you could do a fundraiser and donate towards that to any of your listeners that are interested in that. But you know, that too is just the dogs need to get the oxygen into their body, cool them off, it needs to be colder air. And that type of thing. But yes, staying there is super imperative because you've got the evidence. You know, you've videoed it, you've made the phone calls, you've got all of that documentation in your phone. So staying there would be super imperative. Because it's not that people are bad pet parents. Sometimes they just don't know, right? They don't think about it. They get distracted. You know, you go into the store, oh, you run into Aunt Oneida or Susie Q, your old neighbor, and you chit chat and you've lost track of time. So you thought you were running in, you, you know, you left the remote start going on your car, which runs for 15 minutes and you were actually gone for 30. Yeah. Cause I know my remote start does run for 15 minutes and it does allow me to keep the air conditioning on. And, and in my younger days, I would have been, no, I wouldn't forget, but no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I definitely could forget. And my, my dogs love to come with me. They love to come. I hate saying no when it's warm out. But I don't know if I want to stop somewhere else. So it does happen. I think sometimes people just don't know what they just don't know. And sometimes we do get distracted. And I went to Colorado.gov to find mm-hmm. out the information regarding my state's laws. And in there, like you said, the state has a main law, but counties can have different laws as can city. You know, there's different ordinances and each state has their own. They may be similar. But it's good to know that because summer is upon us and there are so many uh, treacherous things that can happen to your dog when they're out riding with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I own a daycare and training facility. My dogs are with me almost all the time. So I have one of those $300 fancy contraptions to run in my vehicle because I'll go from work and, oh, I got to stop and get milk and bread, da, da, da. I know that my remote start only lasts 15 minutes. I don't trust myself. How do they work? How, I mean, do the, does that air conditioner that works when the car engine is off, do they work really good? I've seen them advertised. Yeah, they do. And there's, there's lots of different ones out there. So 
you know, you got to do a little bit of research. But yeah, so the the cool force one that I have um, plugs into my cigarette lighter. I have one cigarette lighter that stays hot. And so it plugs in and the little thing pops up. So like as I pull in to park, I plug it in and turn it on. So then by the time I shut off my car and I get my purse and I have all my stuff and then I've got my little, you know, got my stuff together to get out of the car because it always takes a good three minutes. Um, the unit's already running and I know that it's running mm -hmm. and then I feel comfortable leaving. And then, yep, I have a little flag that I put on my driver's side door um, that just says air conditioner is running even though car is not. And is that on the inside or the outside? Is it so that it's on the inside of the, the thing. So the only dilemma would be if the dog rips it off. Yeah. <laughs> but if they paid attention to these signs, they would know Correct. that your dog is okay. Yep. Yep. And none of the dogs are panting. Yes. You know, that's the key thing. Like if you look in the windows, none of the dogs are panting. They're curled. My Frenchie will be curled up on the passenger seat in her dog bed, snoozing away. Nobody's panting because it's, it, it's colder in there when I come back to my car than it was when I left my car. Um, Have you ever run into somebody when you've come back to your car who didn't know or didn't oh, read yes. the sign in your window? Yep. Yep. And wanted to have a confrontation with me. Absolutely. So usually I, I always look at it as they're having my dog's best interest. So although it's very hard to not be defensive and tell them to shut up and go away, <laughs> uh, I just go, oh no, I have this really cool thing. Let me show you. You could buy one too. They're $300. And they yeah. look at me like, oh, and I'm like, uh -huh. teachable moment. <laughs> and that's just it. It is a teachable moment. And then I'm like, yep, that's why I have that sign right there. Oh, I didn't see the sign. I'm like, yep, no worries. Um, my back windows are now tinted just to try and help with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at any given time, I'll have one to five dogs in my car and, or it might be, I'm going to a park and I'm doing demos. So my car is off. The dogs are all in the car. Cause it's cooler to be in there than for me to put out crates and have them sit outside. And so then I can just rotate the dogs that I need to pull for the different demonstrations. But yeah, no, they're very popular with people that do show dogs, agility trials, anybody that has like a working dog. But the prices have become much more affordable too now. I mean, I bought mine, I think two years ago and it was like the new latest and greatest thing. <laughs> it saved me on gas and not having to leave my car running and <laughs> jerry-rig my locks mechanism so the car could be running and I could lock it from the outside. Because um, I am one of those people who just would be distraught, confrontational, all of those emotions going through my head, seeing that. And I probably wouldn't read the sign because nope. that's what happens when you get emotional. So you, you probably did have to practice uh, politely saying to people that teachable moment. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I would not say that the very first time it happened, I handled it the best. <laughs> but, I think uh, I would definitely have to practice there. It'd have to be a little script I would have to say so that I could yeah. uh, not lose my head too. Yeah. And, and, and again, these individuals, bless their hearts. They are looking at the dog's best interest. And that's, you, you cannot ask for anything more than that. And like you said, if it was a police car, you wouldn't think twice to walk up to it and be like, do you have the air conditioning on? And how oh, shame on you. You should put your dogs at home. I used to live 30 minutes away from town. So it was a major inconvenience if I was at work with my dogs to take them all the way 30 minutes home and then come 30 minutes back to town to make two stops. Um, so that is why I made that investment. 
um, in the units. And, and again, they, they've gotten so much more efficient and better and smaller um, and more affordable. So yeah, they're, they're great little units. Um, I would even think you can use them when you're camping. Um, one of them, it's a air conditioner and a cooler built into one. So, you know, while you're keeping your dogs cool, you're keeping your soda cool. That's a good way of looking about it. And all in all, in summertime, there are so many hazards. Are there certain supplies you would suggest people have on hand for the just in case? There's the sunscreen, there's uh, the type of, bot- of uh, bug spray for your dog, you know, what else? Is there anything else? You know, the number one thing is water and a bowl. If you get nothing else, make sure that you have open up your trunk, open up where you, your spare tire is. There's room in there. Throw three or four water bottles in there. Now, if you live in a cold weather environment, make sure you take them out before winter or they'll explode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, literally, you know, a couple bottles of water and, and a bowl. Um, super, super important. Because not only can you then help your dog in a situation, you can help somebody else's dog too. You can help a stray dog that you find somewhere. And I also think it's important to say that uh, the water doesn't need to be cold. The water can be air temperature. And that may be better, right? Yes. So that they don't have to, cold water going into the body needs to be warmed up to body temperature for it to be uh, taken into the body. I don't know how quite how to say that right, but. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't shock their system, especially if it's a dog that's overheating. Again, their body is already in distress. So keeping everything neutral is, is very, very, very important. But no, water, water by far is your, your best ally in these summer months for you and your pets. And there's so many cool contraptions out there now, water bottles that have a special spigot for your dog and all those things. So honestly, there's just no excuse to not have something to assist your pet in those situations. But every climate is different. Every part of the the world is different globally. So just knowing what you need for your area is very important. Yeah, because those in Florida, man, it's always over 80 degrees. It's always warm. <laughs> and you get Absolutely. that humid, humid summer heat and that awful bitter cold. And I get a dry heat and a dry cold, but I know that the heat is upon us already for summertime. It is early June. And any tips about summer that we we haven't talked about yet? Doggy hats are cute. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not opposed to them. They're kind of cute. Uh huh. If you want to bike with your dog, it's usually not a good idea that you hold the leash on the handlebar yeah. and ride your bike. Like there are special contraptions <laughs> to attach the dog to your bike. My favorite one is a it's a silver bar that comes out from the oh, back tire yeah. of your bike. And then it's got a hook and then you dog is in a body harness, preferably versus just their collar. And then the bar comes out from your bike and then hooks to the dog. This does multiple things. First off, it stops the dog from ever crossing and into and underneath your bicycle to where if you're just riding your bike and you've got a leash and the dog says squirrel, whoop, right in front of you, he goes, you tumble, dog takes off, like, you know. It now, now you've got a horrible situation. Yeah. So by keeping the dog next to you and at a safe distance, it's great. You go to turn left or right, it automatically turns the dog left or right. You're not having to try and teach the dog right, 
left uh -huh. and make sure the timing is perfect again so the dog doesn't cross under. You need to park your bike. Great, you just unhook it from that bar, hook it to a leash, and now you're good to go. You don't need multiple pieces of equipment to safely ride with your dog. So, so that's a really awesome thing if biking with your dog is great. They make doggy backpacks now, so yeah. you can throw the dog on your back. I will tell you from personal experience, that can be a little treacherous if you are not a very good bike rider. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. My Frenchie, my Frenchie is 14 pounds and I put her in the backpack and I thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. And I hop on the bicycle. 14 pounds is heavy to have on your back yeah. on a mountain bike. And then we start out, well, as she shifts her weight, it totally shifted my weight. So now I'm rocking left and rocking right on two wheels. And I'm like, this is going to end really badly. <laughs> yeah, it so, can be difficult. I'm sure it, yeah, it has it its can. own hazard. Yes. So practice in grass. <laughs> <laughs> Where but, you can uh, fall and not be hurt. <laughs> the yes, both of you. yes, yes. And, you know, and, and again, in the summer months, you, just like we talked about months before and in all of our training, you have to honor your dog. If your dog does not like gatherings, if your dog does not like loud noises, if your dog you know, really just prefers to sit on the couch with you, please honor that. Don't force your dog into doing the activities this summer that you want to do because you have no idea, you know, who's going to light off fireworks. You don't yeah. know who's bringing their dog that's not social, who's bringing their unvaccinated dog or their intact dog around your dog. So don't make the assumption that everybody's a good pet owner. Yeah. Actually make the opposite assumption. Yeah. And that will always keep your pet safe. Because coming up are a lot of parties, are fireworks, and I think your tips about leaving your dog at home, maybe boarding them, if you're going to go out or if you're going to have people over, that is a nice alternative, keeping them safe through the hazards of summer, which are fun for us. Absolutely. You know, we, we want to go out and have a good time. Are you really having a good time if you're having to constantly check in on your dog and keep tabs on your dog and correct your dog. Yeah. It takes away from your fun too. So, so just do right by your dog. And so that will make everybody's summer much more enjoyable. Absolutely. Any final words? Heat and short nosed dogs do not mix. <laughs> yes. And most of us don't know that yet. I've always had long nosed dogs. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Uh, I see some crazy stuff and it just, it worries me, but just honor your dog, honor your dog's needs, know the type of dog that you got and, and what it needs from you. And thank you with all of these tips that some of us didn't know that we didn't know. I think we'll be able to have a great summer. Absolutely. And don't shave your dog unless you need to. Right on. <laughs> Save yourself the cost and the hassle. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I mean, bless those groomers, but whew, it gets to be an expensive bill. Yeah, I know. I just uh, yeah. saw a groomer do uh, three schnauzers and I was like, yeah, that was half a day. But yeah, I mean, don't trim your dog unless you need to. Um, it, it's just, it's important. Their fur and is important to them. And appreciate the groomers who say no to doing that. Absolutely. They're not being rude. They're not being yeah. judgy. Yeah. They're doing right by your dog. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to us talking again next month. Fabulous. Well, we'll see you then. Ooh.